Yeah, if I survive this and not get killed by my BDR friends, <laughs> and my son who himself is a BDR, he's going to call me right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think you charted his future for him, to be honest. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's Sales Strategy and Enablement Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcock, Chief Strategy Revenue Officer here at Revenue.io, joined by my infamous co-host, founder, AI guru, and all things revenue science, Howard Brown. And today, we are thrilled to have Maha Pula back with part two on Sales 3.0 and where we are headed in this market. And for context, everybody, Maha is a phenomenal leader, Vice President Global Pre-Sales at Cloudflare has been part of Ignite Stage 2 Capital, a long storied history of building awesome sales organizations around the world. Maha, great to have you back. Thank you. Uninjured, if I may say. <laughs> well, I, I, with that, let's dive right in. And as you know, we always love to start with some recent news. And just on August 3rd, there was a recent report that Gartner made, and I'm going to read you a statement, and it says that generative AI is going to lead to a 20 to 30% reduction of customer success and service agents, but is going to create new jobs in that area. Now, in a way, I don't know that that's overly provocative, but it's really interesting they're putting that out there to say what it is. And Maha and Howard, I want to dive into where we left off from last episode. And that's the notion that a lot of these functions are changing. They're changing rapidly. But I would suggest they're going to increase in scope. They're going to increase in volume, but the job is going to be different. And how we grow our company isn't just acquisition, but it's also growing what we have. You know, so Howard, I know you had some initial thoughts on this and you know where we're going. Maybe I'll start with you this week and just, you know, let's dive into that transition and then Maha, I'd love to get your thoughts on where where these roles are headed. Yeah, thanks, Alistair. Maha last week was talking about how the buyer is at the center of everything and how we need to stop pushing and really help the buyer make those buying decisions. And I think one of the things that Maha brought up was not to throw you on the, you know, throw you out to the lions here, but how the role of the BDR SDR needs to change and how a lot of that outbound motion is really starting to uh, change. And that people who are in those roles and the leaders around those roles need to think about how to add value to the customers, how to add value to the buyers. And I think the notion that CSMs, customer success, that is a huge opportunity for all of us to think about our customers and how we continue to add value to them, how we continue to service our customers so one, they can grow their business and get the most value from our products and service, and two, help our companies grow sustainable revenue and customers for the long haul. There is a huge opportunity to retool a lot of the SDR and BDR roles, which is typically thought of as top of funnel, to how do we add value to the customer further down once they are a customer, once they've already started to use our product and service. We are now the expert, not just in our product, but how to help them get more value, 
grow their business, enhance the value of their company. And so if you think about all the ways generative today has started to help people, how, how it's optimizing processes. One of the things we're seeing at revenue.io is we're seeing people move from thinking about engagement platforms as just not top of funnel, constant top of funnel, but how do we use these interactions that we have with our customers, all the data that we have on our customers and their utilization to be even more helpful? So engaging our customers in a helpful way as opposed to spamming customers or just more, more, more. And I see that as a really positive trend. I'd love your thoughts, Maha. Uh, you said all of the things that were going on in my head around this value-added BDR, right? The concept of the business development function as being sort of a co-pilot of the solution to someone who is going to continue to be with you on the journey in some form or manner, reminding you about all the additional value that you can gain from this engagement with the vendor, right? So what do we mean by that? There is sort of a, a, a way in which the BDR can, over the life cycle of that customer, remind the customer in a periodic intervals, maybe even touch base with them and sort of grow into a sort of a hybrid customer success person, right? If we talked about in the previous episode, we talked about, hey, what happens to a BDR? Did you just go away? They don't. But it sort of merges into the customer journey. And we all know a BDR does not stay in the role for no more than two, max three years is what we get out of a BDR before they move into a AE kind of a role, a sales role, right? So in the two to three years, there are possibilities for them to be doing other things as well. Look at their journey. They could go into customer success. They know how the customer buys. What is it that motivated the customer to engage with the vendor in the first place? And then take that one and take it forward and talk about some of the signals that they may be leveraging from the customer to take the customer further down the buyer journey. And so they can transition into as a, as a great career path into customer success. But to your point, Alistair, you said, you know, even customer success roles could be impacted by uh, AI solutions and, and automation, but they're never going to go away. Customers are always going to need assistance in their adoption journey. So there are possibilities, there are other things that uh, this function can be doing over the course and life cycle. You know, in our last episode, I'm going to paraphrase it all down to this statement that I think you know, Howard partially said as well, which is, it was not just about helping sellers sell, it's about helping buyers buy. Yeah, that, that's the world, that is fundamentally what's shifting in the world of sales right now. And when you think of now the customer success world, what I would suggest is it's absolutely one of the most key aspects of growth in a company today. Without question, you, you, you have to have good investments there, arguably creeping up to as much as you may have in sales. Now, the evolution of that, though, is customer success isn't anymore just about making the customer successful with what you've sold them. Customer success is now about sparking exploration. And when I think of BDRs, I think of ISRs, I think of sales teams. What are good sales sales teams usually good at? Hey, ah, Howard, here's an idea. Here's something I've seen. Here's what I think is possible in your company to solve XYZ problem. And I got an idea that I think is going to shift that forwards for you. People want to listen. They want to know what others are doing, where that's going. 
And CSs is now this world of sparking exploration, not selling, sparking exploration that shows how they can help transform their customers' organizations. And I think if our sellers are helping buyers buy and our CS teams are sparking exploration, that's a huge step forwards, I think, for most of these organizations. And that's where generative AI can fill the gap and can augment all of these resources today with the content and the queries and the large language models they need to supplement that acumen. Absolutely. I'm looking at some tools that are out there to help my own team get to the information that they need faster and in the language of their choice. I mean, I have a global team. I'm not going to be able to work with a, a, a generative tool that is just going to give me the responses in English language. It has to be in all of the languages where my teams are. And the more remote my teams, the more important it is that they have access to the information in the language that they need it because they are in a different time zone. They don't have access to the, uh, to the people and or resources that have this information with them. So these sources of information have become so critical for us to integrate into the selling team or the customer facing teams, let's call them, because not everybody is selling. Somebody's actively engaged in adoption. Somebody's actively engaged in exploration, like you said, or sparking interest. So not everybody is selling, even though that's the outcome you want to drive to, but it's not the intent with which you engage with a customer. So the intent is giving the customer information when they need it, how they need it, in the language that they need it. You can give them a, a, you know, a whole lot of information and say, I, you go figure how you want to get this one translated. So we are looking at generative AI for that specific reason, is looking at the solutions that may be able to provide access to the information to my team as quickly as possible you know, in, in the language that they can get to. So they can serve their customers better. Again, customer center the universe, and so they can give the customer access to the information that they need in the shortest possible time. Howard, I feel like that is a Howard Brown moment here that Maya has inadvertently set up. Yeah, I mean... Yo, but let's just give some context there a little bit that makes sense. Well, I think what Maha is speaking about is, again, the mission that hopefully we are all on, which is delivering the most value to our buyers and customers and using whatever technology we have to empower them, as well as, and a lot of people forget about this, empowering our own teams. Because we try and bring on people and turn them into experts and we don't tool them, right? We throw a bunch of information at them. We throw them in training and we expect them to just go sell, support, deliver value, and they're not equipped to do it. So where have we focused? We have focused on the moments that matter. When people are engaging with their customers, they can't know everything the customer knows about the customer's business. They can't know everything about the business acumen they need, about their product that they're selling, about all the competitors. Enabling our sellers, our customer success reps, with the information they need in the moment, in the language, in the localization that they need to address that buyer and that customer, that's what we're all about. It's real time in the moment, not after the fact, not a Monday morning quarterback sitting and telling you what they should have done. I want the audible in my ear. I want my reps to have the information available the minute their customer asks about a competitor, 
or a value or a problem. That is what we are building. That's what we all should be thinking about. Absolutely. Is it? Does that address the moment, Alistair? Well, Mala, what do you think? Like you're you're in there. You're doing the global rollout. You're you're interfacing with these companies, and you're about to write the book on Sales 3.0. Thoughts? <laughs> we are made already. You know, customers are moving faster than we are able to catch up because we are so mired in how we are set up internally. Our processes are centered around the people and the functions and these vertical silos that we've built. We're unable to get out of our own way to think horizontally in terms of serving customers, right? And so it is going to take time. I mean, organizations are not going to just break down all these silos and say, oh, yeah, all right, let's go create pods of different functions that's going to go and address a particular customer segment um, because it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. But what can happen is bring access to the information repositories that sits across these various functions using generative AI-like tools that can then go mine the data needed to give a seller or a customer-facing person the information they need quickly while people are all trying to figure it out. Otherwise, a normal process, the lack of this is I send an email out or I create a ticket or I create a case study or I go into Jira, I go into another tool, I, you know, I have to send it or send a request and then I wait for the response while the customer's out there chomping at the bed to get response to the answers. What I can do now is go in and look at an answer GPD solution and say, go look up all my repositories, not a search engine, go look up all my repositories and get back to me with the most intelligent response I can give back to this customer while I go and buy some time to go research this information. But it has to be authoritative sources. It has to be authentic and authoritative sources that I can go in and rely on this information. Of course, deployment of these tools are not so easy because sometimes information that is sitting even within corporate systems are dated and are not the most recent. So authoritative systems can be integrated together intelligently to provide me, a customer-facing individual, the information I need to provide to that customer. Why would I not want that? If I was a head of sales or I was head of customer success or if I was a CEO or CEO, why would I not want to have something like this within my within my solution? I, I would love something like that today or yesterday uh, so that I can get more out of my team's time when they are customer facing. It's precious. <laughs> you and I are spending 20 minutes together, maybe 30 minutes together face to face. I've got your captive audience. Why would I lose and waste any moment by not giving you exactly what you need? Your time is just as precious as mine is. And so I want to be able to make this valuable for you. And the more valuable you treat a customer's time and their engagement with us, the more they're going to respect you for it because they know that you haven't wasted their time trying to put them through some sort of mundane process that they don't even understand and are not familiar with. I have a final question for you both on this. You said something interesting. And that is companies, in particular global enterprises, can't just go in and start creating pods and you know, change all the roles and do all of these things. But we all agree we need to be outside in. You know, we're looking at the changes of generative. We see it impacting the roles. So how slow can these leaders be today and still be successful? Because we're making all the excuses in the world of why they can't. So how slow can they be versus their competition right now and still, still survive? Boy, is that a T-ball or what? <laughs> I think it was. So you should go first, Howard. <laughs> you can't go slow, period. 
the, the days of going slow are gone. Go to LinkedIn, anything, look on the news. Generative is taking over quickly. If you're not adapting to this incredibly fast moving world, which by the way is so exciting, embrace it, try it, get involved, then you're going to miss it. Because the companies that deliver that better customer experience, that better buying experience, that consistency of value are going to blow the doors off of the competitors. So you either get with it and you get with it quickly, or you're going to be explaining to boards or investors why you missed it. Absolutely. You will be held accountable for the outcomes of not knowing fast enough. Absolutely. Anyone with the ability to influence or the ability to make a decision on process optimization within their own organization, irrespective of whether it is a selling process, a buying process, a success or a customer support process, it doesn't matter. Anything that interacts with a customer, billing, billing cycles, like, you know, think about that. Uh, legal areas, like anything that is there to serve a customer, pretty much everything that is out there to serve a customer should be considering this in some form or manner. Otherwise, they will be left behind. So no, they cannot go slow. It's only a how fast can you go? Obviously, security and all of those things are inter internal to an organization is really key. But how safely fast can you go? is going to be the question, not how slow can you go. Slow is, should not even be in the vocabulary of any of the leaders. That it was a challenging question because of how he asked it, but I think we got to the answer there. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. I think so, too. Wari, with that said, we are we are getting to time again. And Maha and Howard, you know, what a absolutely scintillating conversation, right? When we think about where this is going, the market, and the sheer speed and change that is there. And also, you know, I like the fact that while we see the SDR, ISR, and these functions and CS all rapidly changing, and the predictions often are about, oh, these jobs are going away, jobs evolve. Let's revolutionize it and rapidly help these people understand how to use the tools because that's a competitive edge. And I'm big on job creation, not job deconstruction. Now, final trivia there, Maha, for you. We only have one more to go. Okay. And this one, I promise, is a current one this time, unlike last week's episode. So I'm going to read it off to you. So a recent Forbes article titled, Embracing the Future, How AI is Revolutionizing Sales and Marketing. They asked a question about what roles that AI-generated salespeople are predicted to excel in over the next seven years. So these are AI-generated salespeople over the next seven years. One, is it lead generation and data analysis? Two, is it product demos and customer engagement? Three, is it writing emails to different segments or industries? Which is the top one predicted to be most influenced by AI-generated salespeople? Okay, you said product demos. Yeah, yeah, email and lead generation. Is there like a D, all of the above, or? I was just going to ask that. Is there all of the above? Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with you two and say all of the above. The answer is actually lead generation is the number one predicted area. But I think you both are absolutely bang on. We're talking percentages of difference here. All areas are going to be fundamentally impacted and augmented by this. And to Howard's point, if you aren't experimenting today, 
you're already being left behind. Maha, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and we hope to have you back in the very near future. Yeah, if I survive this and not get killed by my BDR friends, <laughs> and my son who <laughs> himself is a BDR, he's going to call me right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think you charted his future for him, to be honest. <laughs> Great having you. Thank you so much for having me on the call. It was a lot of fun. And for everybody listening in, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And as always, submit your questions to Howard and I, and we'll do our best to address them on a future episode. Maha, thank you. Howard, thank you. Everyone, we'll see you next Thursday. Maha, thank you so much. You were rocking. Thank you. Thank you.